This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Okay, let's dig in. Go with me to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Now, we've been talking about faith, the different aspects of faith, how faith flows. Remember, uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. It says that, but also... We talk about there in, in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says to believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. Well, we've talked about believing with our heart. Remember last week, and I'm going to pump you full of the Word of God right now. Last week in Matthew chapter 7, there was the passage of two people, a wise man and a foolish man. It says that both of them heard the Word and both of them experienced the same storms of life. In other words, neither one of them were exempt. One didn't have it easier or better than the other. But when the storms of life arose, one stood and one was destroyed. And the only thing in that passage that leads to destruction wasn't one of them storm was more difficult than the other. It said the one who stood did or obeyed the word of God. It's important for us to learn not only to hear the word of God, but to obey the word of God. Where I begin to look and say, okay, Father God, I hear it. And it's literally the difference between standing in life storms or being destroyed. Now, I ask you to go to to Psalm 100. We're going to begin there tonight, and we're going to jump back in to, to the power of my words. That my words speak things into existence. And so what the goal is here tonight, you're going to see that that there is great power and there's great ability in the words that you speak out of your mouth. And throughout this night, we're going to be a lot in the Old Testament, but you're going to see it in a positive way and even a negative. Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Make a joyful shout. Now, this won't be hard to answer this question, but how do you shout? You make a joyful shout with your mouth. And he's telling us this is what we got to do. Verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness, not with madness, but gladness. Come before his presence with singing. How do I come into the presence of God? With singing. And in order to sing, i got to open my mouth. Now, if you're like me, if you can't sing a lick, you can still make a joyful noise to the Lord, okay? God will still receive that. But the, the key there is got to open my mouth. I sing to God. Verse 3. Know that the Lord he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now how do you give thanks? You open your mouth. And most of the time when we give thanks, thanks is going to come from my heart. And so I open up my heart and I say, thank you, Father God. Thank you for another day of life. But once again, i got to open my mouth to give thanks. He ends in verse 4 and says, and I'm to come into his courts with praise. So if I look at the four words that we highlighted right here, all four of these words have actions that are expressed only by my words. Now, just in looking at this passage right here, it tells me that whether it's shouting, singing, giving thanks, or praising, 
The words that come out of my mouth are literally ways or forms that we connect to God. When I look at this, it shows me I I don't know that I can truly connect to God without opening my mouth. You can't get born again without opening your mouth. You believe with the heart and you confess with the mouth. So right here, he begins to, to give us insight of this. So if one of the ways we connect to God is through the words of our mouth, the devil will do everything he can to cause us to disconnect from God. And oftentimes what that looks like, instead of gratitude, we grumble. Instead of praise, we want pity. But i got to lock in on this and understand, God's told me some things. To your right, Psalm chapter 141. Psalm 141. And you know, any one of those that we talked about there, whether you're shouting, singing, giving thanks, or praising, it has absolutely nothing to do with your feelings. See, most of the time we may have the thought, well, I don't feel like it. If we were truthful tonight, how many of you really didn't feel like coming to church tonight? I'm not raising my hand. I was excited about coming. But I have been there before where you work hard all day and sometimes you say, man, I I just don't feel like going to church tonight. But something happens when I override my feelings. Now, you know what? You're going to do it. You're going to go. See, a lot of you are going to get up tomorrow morning and you're going to say, I don't feel like going to work. But you know what you do? You put your little coat and gloves on and you go to work. In this passage here, once again, I want you to note some of the words here because uh, I'm going to ask you a question before we even go there. First of all, has your tongue ever got you into trouble? Absolutely. Every one of us in this room. So oftentimes, we don't need the devil to try to get us in trouble. We do well enough with just our own mouth. (laughs) Amen. We have. Amen. We're in agreement. All right, Psalms 141, verse 1. Lord, I, I cry out to you. I call out to you. Now note here, he's talking about with my voice, because look what he goes on to say. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Now God's never against us crying out to us. Actually, to him. Actually, God loves us too. In Psalm 50, 15, it says, Call on me in the day of trouble and I'll hear you. But the key is, i got to call out to him. i got to cry out to him. God's waiting for that. Verse 2. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Now, I've had people right here in the church say, why do you nuts lift your hands all the time? Look what it just said right there. It said that the raising of my hands is like it's an evening sacrifice. It's a form of praise. It's a form of worship. If you think about it in this view, when you have a little bitty child, you know what they do? They come up and they tap you on the legs and they do that. And that's the universal sign for, pick me up. Pick me up, God. Pick me up, God. I need your help today. Verse 3. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Woo. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Now on the average, and this is just the the average, the average person opens his mouth 700 times a day. Not 700 words, 700 times. Now I do believe this, there's some of you in this room that are lower than that, and there's some of you in this room that are way over that. Way over that. But on the average... 
It's 700 times. Now just thinking about that, right here in verse 3, King David wisely says, Father God, set a guard, look at that, O Lord, over my mouth, and keep watch over the door of my lips. And I believe when he said this right here, he understood the significance of the words that would go out of his mouth. Now, God's not against any one of us in prayer for asking him for things. Father God, I pray you bless me with some new shoes. I pray for a new car. I pray for clothing. I pray for whatever. But how many of us in this room have ever asked God this right here? Father God, I come to you today, and I say, Lord, I ask you to set a guard over my mouth and keep watch over the door of my lips. Now, in studying this, this has become one of my affirmations in the morning. I have begun to say this now for several weeks, and I say, Father God, I pray today, right in the name of Jesus, set a guard over me. Keep watch over my lips, Lord. Help me not to say anything that goes against your word. Help me not to say anything that is negative toward even my own life. And to do it, I encourage you, get this right here. Put it on a 3 by 5 card and tape it right there on your window. Put it in your car and begin to say this daily. And I believe right here, some of this will start getting into your heart where I become very conscious. Actually, I become a, a, like a surgeon with my words. I become very precise what I allow my tongue to say. And it takes a great discipline. I'm telling you, it has worked me over at times in the last few weeks. But this is important. We see this now. Go a little farther here. Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs 17. Just go to your right and you're going to jump right into the Proverbs. We're just going to keep moving to the right. Proverbs 17, verse 27 and 28. He who has knowledge spares his words. He's precise with his words. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace, when he shuts his lips. So in this passage right here, he's saying to even come across as wise if you would just learn to keep your mouth shut or be very selective. You know, when I was a kid growing up, my dad used to say that to me, and I never figured out where he got it was the Proverbs. He would tell my brother and me numerous times, he said, if you two would just learn to shut your mouth periodically, he said, at least people would think you were halfway smart. And, you know, we'd look at him like a cow at a gate, like, what are you talking about? But it's so true. So true. There's so many nuggets right here in this. The, the New Living says, a, a truly wise person uses few words. Go with me to Proverbs 18. You're right there. Verse 6 and 7. A fool's lips enter or bring him into contention. And his mouth calls for blows. It's if his, his mouth calls for a fight. 
And the words of a talebearer, or verse 7, and a, mouth, a, a fool's mouth is his destruction or his ruin, and his lips are, are the snare or the trap of his soul. So just reading this over and over here, you begin to sense, man, I've got to start watching the words that come out of my mouth. My words become a snare. My words lead to my ruin. My words lead to the downfall of my life. Same chapter. Chapter tw- or verse 20. Now this is one of my favorite passages of all. Proverbs 18 verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Let me read it this way. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. Woo. Keep reading. From the produce of his lips, or from the produce of my lips, he shall be filled. So he's saying whether they're right words or wrong words, they're either going to bring satisfaction or they're going to bring dissatisfaction. Now in that passage right there, he mentioned the word fruit. The only way I change the fruit in my life is i got to deal with the root. In other words, when we start talking about the, the, the things in my life that are coming out of my mouth, if you don't like the fruit that's associated with your mouth, you've got to go back and go back to the root and start beginning to speak the things that you will like coming out of your mouth. This is what he's talking about. See, many times people are so programmed to negative. If you ever want to locate yourself... Just listen to what's coming out of your mouth. Now, I, I encourage you to do it even here uh, after, after church or on the way home. It's, it's amazing to me when people will say to me, well, we've been praying for this and this and this, and we're believing God. And then the very next word out of their mouth totally contradicts what the Word of God says. So once again here, the, the fruit of my life is a result of what I'm speaking. Listen to this real close, verse 21. Now get this right here. This is a good one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Death and life are in the power of my tongue. So I'm, I'm either coming under great, great blessings or great misfortunes that are coming out from the power of my tongue. So when you look at this, he's literally telling me my tongue will either be death or my tongue will be life. Real clear. And I don't care who we are in this room, I'm not exempt from this and I can't ignore it. So all day long, I'm going around and I'm planting seed around me all day long. How am I doing that? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. My tongue is either planting seeds of death all day or my tongue is planting seeds of life. Now, you want to know what the, the crop, the yield of your crop is going to be? Exactly what you're speaking out of your mouth. So in this passage right here, he lets me know I'm eating the fruit of my mouth. Whew. Powerful when I look at this. I want you to think back. One of our key scriptures the last few weeks was Matthew 12, 34. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you know what you put in your heart 
is going to come out of your mouth. Once again, the very things that I put in my heart will locate me because I'm going to start speaking them. Now, I use this illustration, and this is a true one. When me and Shelly started listening to the Word of God, and we got a hold of this, and we got to begin to sing, oh my gosh, I'm either planting seeds of death or life all day long. It changed the way I view things. I begin to take things very seriously. And so we, we made a pact with each other, and we said, listen, if I say things that are negative or go against the Word of God, you have permission to speak into my life. It's very important you do that, where you get, where you become so conscious of the words you're saying. And so this is what he's telling me right here. So he goes on to say, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The message says it will either be poison or it will be fruit. You choose. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Whether that's good, bad, or ugly, it's going to come back around. Verse 22, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and attains favor from the Lord. Now, for years of my life, I would look at that verse and I would think, how did that verse slip in there? He's sitting here talking about life and death are in the power of the tongue, and then he gets unto marriage and he says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. And one day I was sitting there and I was just meditating on that. And I said, Lord, you've got to help me see that. And you know what jumps out of that? Your marriage will only be as good as the words that come out of your mouth. So here's your marriage. You fill in the blank. And the single most reliable predictor of a successful marriage isn't money isn't how well you communicate. It isn't how intimate you are all the time. It's your words. And so when I begin to look at this, even in in marriage or every aspect of my life, I don't desire death. I don't desire defeat. I don't desire divorce. So why do I speak it? Once again, he's locating me here. And he says, death and life are in the power of the tongue in every area of your life. So you want to raise the standard in your life. You want to raise the standard in your marriage? Start speaking positive words. Start speaking what you desire. Not one of us in this room desire to be sick, or at least I hope you don't. But how many people go around talking sickness all the time? We we take ownership. How many people have you ever heard say, well... It's, it's my high blood pressure. It's my allergies. Well, go ahead and take ownership. You've said it out of your mouth. They're mine. And I don't ever mean this ugly, but if you ever come up to me and say, Oh, Pastor, you look like you're sick. You're getting the flu. You're going to hear me say real quick, I ain't getting the flu. I'm not getting into agreement with the words of your mouth, and I don't mean it ugly. But see, a lot of people would say, Yeah, you're probably right. I'm going to get it today. I know, tomorrow I won't go to work, I'll be sick and I'll be running a fever. See, once again, we've gotten so programmed at speaking negative that I don't even think about it. But he tells me right here, life and death are in the power of the tongue. How about this? Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will break my heart. 
once again the impression that your words and my words leave on other people, our spouses, and our children. How many of you truly believe your child is stupid? Then why do I say stupid? So when I say, come here, stupid, you know what I've done? I've left an impression on them. Thank God God never called any of us stupid. God says, that's my child, that's my boy. I love him, I'm for him, I want to bless him, I want to help him. So once again, the review here is life and death and the power of my tongue. Now go to the New Testament real quick. 2 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians 13. Some of you may say, he really enjoys speaking on this. I do. I, I tell you, I love this stuff. And the reason I can tell you, this stuff changed my life. Have, have I got it all mastered? No, no, I don't. I still have to work on it. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm constantly working on it. Speak the things of God. That's why it's important that you get affirmations about what God's Word says about you, and you speak it every day. You begin to speak that. And I, I'm telling you, my marriage is blessed. You go to Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5 says love and respect. I thank you today, Father God. I love my wife like Christ loves the church. And I thank you today that my wife respects me and honors me. That's all in the Bible. I tell you, you've got to start getting those affirmations in you. Speak what the Bible says, okay? 2 Corinthians 13, verse 1. This will be the third time I'm coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses... Every, every, every word shall be established. Now that's interesting what he says there. So he's literally telling me here that by the words that I speak out of my mouth, I'm establishing what I want to happen. And he said in in the presence with, with two or three witnesses, so what this is what this would look like. Here I am with Raul, and if I say something to Raul, whether it's, it's blessing, it's life, or death, it's been established because he's heard what I said. So now we throw in here Philip and Raul, and so I look and, and I say something right here. Man, God, God's blessing me, boys. He's blessing my socks off. So right there, I've established something by the words I've spoken out of my mouth, but too often we establish the wrong thing. We say the opposite things of what God says. So, Think about this in your own home. Maybe you grew up around a real negative home set. Doesn't mean you can't do this. I've got to start being just aware and aware and aware of the words out of my mouth. And remember in Mark eleven twenty three, he said, Whosoever shall say unto the mountain. Well, it's important. What am I saying to the mountain? Am I speaking, oh, crud, we're never going to make it? Am I re- re- uh, uh, speaking death, victory, defeat? No i got to start speaking the things of God. Now, I want to end this week right here again. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Remember when we are opening our mouth or establishing those words, it's if I'm openly proclaiming what I want to happen. But a lot of times we say things and then we say stuff like this. Well, I didn't mean it. But when you speak it out of your mouth, it is now established. I don't know next week if I'll get to it. We may. But the next week for sure, one of the next two weeks, I'm going to get into this, and I'm telling you that the book of James is going to come alive to you, and it will help you incredibly. But once again, 
my homework, your homework, is begin to say, Lord, put a guard over my mouth and then get someone with you, whether it's your spouse, if, if, if you and your spouse can do that. Sometimes, man, as a spouse corrects you, you just, mama say, knock you out. Maybe it's not good for you to do that with your spouse. Maybe you need to get somebody else. But I do believe we need to be accountable to someone to say, you know, when they come up to you and start saying, man, Pastor, we're always broke, broke, busted, disgusted, never to be trusted, and you look at them and say, is that what you're believing? No. Well, that's what you just said. And it's coming back to say, I don't want to say those things. Let's end. And we, we talked about this last week. James 3, verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If, woo, if, if, if. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man able to bridle the whole body. So when you read it, my tongue is able to hold a whole, to bridle the whole body. Think about this. My tongue has the ability to send out messages with what I'm saying and the rest of my entire body will respond to it. I don't believe it, Pastor. I didn't say it. The B-I-B-L-E just said this. This is what it said in here. So he's letting me know, listen, this is a big deal. That i got to get a hold of this over my own life. You know, I, I was blessed growing up that I had a father that always told me. He said, you, you can do anything you want to do. You can do anything you want to do. And when my father would tell me that stuff, I would believe it because my daddy would tell me. I can do it. Well, my heavenly father tells me that too. But the reason I throw in my earthly father is once again, you may have not been brought up that way. You may have had stuff spoken over me that says, you're never going to amount to nothing. But you know what? We raise the standard in our life by how? I start speaking the things of God on my own life. And I, I will tell you this, and I know you guys are going to find this shocking to believe, but in my first four years of marriage, I was a dog. I was a sorry husband. But I had a wife that she began to speak the things of God over me. And she didn't say, Lord, I pray the Brutus prayer. You, you whack him at the knees. She began to speak. He's a man of God. And he loves me and he loves my kids. And he's good to us. And of course, for years, I didn't know she was doing that. But once again, just the power of her words begin to shape my life. And so now you guys get to see what an angel I am. Thank you for getting in agreement. But once again, I'm just telling you, don't give up where you're at, okay? Don't give up. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your life. Get in there and begin to speak the things of God. And just remember, all day long, you got these suitcases. And one says life and one says death. One says blessing and one says cursing. And you're planting that seed all over the place. So begin to speak what you desire. Stand up. Stand up. Oh, this was fun. I keep going on with this. Praise the Lord. You know, the, the point of tonight was going just like we did, over and over and over and over again. So you see with your own eyes the significance of your words. 
Let's bow our head in here. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we, we just pray right now. We pray Psalm 141.3 right now. And Father God, we ask you to set a guard over our lips. Put a guard over our tongues. You know what I ask? You tell God to help me to do that, Lord. And Father God, we thank you that you help us to speak life and not death, to speak blessing. And we thank you, Lord, just to stir us back up on the inside that we get a hold of this by faith, Father God, and we start believing the things that you said about us. That we're overcomers. And I speak in this room. There's men and women of overcomers. You said there in in Romans 8 that we're more than conquerors. I thank you tonight, Father God. I thank you for blessing ones under my voice. We speak divine life, divine health, and divine blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Woohoo. Woohoo. Can I tell you something and I'll let you go? Um, back, back in January when my faith had dropped, so my, it was deficient. And I had to build my faith up. I started studying all this. And you know what? I knew these things. I've known these things for years. But a lot of times when we become familiar of the things that we know, we quit doing them. And when I quit doing them, I dropped my garden. So I dropped my garden. So I started studying this. And it started rising back up. And the Lord even spoke to me. And he said, teach the church on faith. And not only that, the Lord even spoke to my heart. And he said, my ultimate goal is when you teach the parents faith, they'll teach their children faith. And this this may bother you. It really bothered me. The Lord said, if we don't teach faith back into our churches, we're going to lose a generation. A generation that never knows what it is. I've got to believe God. Teach your kids to believe God. Teach them to believe God. I remember my son, when he was a little bitty guy, he came home one day and he said, Daddy, I don't have no friends. No one will play with me on the playground. And I said, oh, yeah, you got all kinds of friends. And he said, no, I don't. And I said, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pray. And we're going to believe God, and you're going to ask Jesus that he's going to bring you some friends there at school. And I said, so you pray. And so he grabbed my hands, and I remember he prayed, and he looked at me, and I said, tell Jesus what you desire. And he said, Jesus, please bring me some friends. And God showed up. God showed up. And that's what I'm talking about. Teach him faith. And so we all got an assignment. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.